to welcome everyone to the podcast. Uh, we call this From the Preacher's Study. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, this is Kevin Clark, my brother and friend. We've been working together for quite some time in, in this format, uh, yep. just sharing a study of, of Scripture. And uh, we're going to continue what we began discussing in our last two sessions, uh, just some moral issues under the, the heading of pursuing holiness, mm-hmm. trying to live a sanctified or a holy life, to be holy as God is holy. And of course, uh, we need to apply that to specific areas in life. Right. Look at Scripture, look at God's Word that informs us how to live, how we ought to conduct ourselves, and what good choices to make, what to avoid in the pursuit of holiness. And so uh, we began last week by talking about sexual immorality, mm-hmm. and it's a pervasive problem in our culture. I imagine it has always been, and it's right. a problem in every culture, I imagine. And uh, we talked about that. The Bible addresses that subject, and uh, we try to bring that out, bring that to light, and talk about that some, and, and, and we hope uh, inform people who are listening and watching uh, about what the Bible says so that we can live a holy life and Amen. a godly life. Kevin, Amen. you want to add anything as we begin? Yeah, sure. And this is something that I think we both felt like we want to make sure we emphasize. Uh, as we're giving the instructions of the Lord on this subject and others, uh, we certainly want to make it clear that any one of these sins we can be forgiven of. Uh, there is the grace of Jesus Christ we can repent of. And, um, and so it's not the situation where you make this mistake and you're henceforth and forevermore doomed uh, to destruction. We're not saying that. Uh, but we, we also want to emphasize the importance of following God's prescription for how to live. And even though, and it's true, you can fall in this area and be forgiven, but there also are consequences. And forgiveness does not erase the consequences. We see that time and time again throughout the Bible. And so we will always want to encourage people to live up to the standards that God has for us. These are standards that can be met. God would not lay down something that's impossible for men to comply with. Uh, but uh, as John said, you know, if we have Jesus Christ as our propitiation, when we've missed the mark, when we fail to live up to that standard, and uh, we can continue to be what he wants us to be uh, if we repent, confess our trespasses, and get back to being right with the Lord. I also want to say, as always, thankful for uh, our two deacons, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who once again are helping us with this podcast, who have lent their technical expertise and uh, their skills uh, to making this a reality. And we're so very thankful for them, thankful for their families. They've always been by our side. And as long as we work together, they've always been with us. And so we appreciate so very much their sacrifices. Well, let's spend a minute or two just reviewing a little bit. We, mm-hmm. we kind of started in Hebrews chapter 13 sure. uh, last time. In verse 4, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. And so marriage is, is honorable. God instituted marriage. He created first man and first woman, and they were bound together as husband and wife. And God, from the very beginning, intended them to have a, a sexual relationship. And so the man would leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and become one flesh. And uh, that, that expression, become one flesh, mm-hmm. involves a sexual relationship. Right. And so marriage is, is honorable. God invented it. God mm-hmm. instituted mm-hmm. it. He instituted it for our good. Mm-hmm. And so this impulse that we have within us, this desire, this drive we have within us, that's the way we are made. That's, that's the right. way God made us. That's right. It's not dirty. No. It's not uh, corrupt in and of itself, mm-hmm. of course. Right. It's, it's good. 
if it's fulfilled in the proper context. That's right. And so marriage is honorable, but sexual behavior and activity outside of marriage, fornication and adultery, comes under the judgment of God. That's right. Here's a, another passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And so <coughs> this is the will of God, your sanctification. And so God wants us to live that holy life, to mm -hmm. live a sanctified life, to abstain from sexual immorality. And so that's sort of just a little review of what we talked about last week. Marriage is honorable, but sexual activity outside of marriage is forbidden by the Scripture. Amen. Statistics tell us that most people before they are married in, in the American culture are sexually experienced, but not everybody. And so I want to just bring that up just to kind of communicate to people that, that you may feel like, well, I, I'm the only one that's trying to live this, this godly life. Everybody around me is doing ungodly things, and they're uh, participating in sexual immorality. Well, well, no. That, now, maybe most people are, but not mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. And so you're not alone. There are others like you who are who are trying to pursue holiness and, and be holy and keep themselves pure in this area and, and other areas. Kevin, I, I, we're going to talk a little bit about how to uh, avoid mm -hmm. sexual immorality, how to avoid fornication. But I thought we might talk a little bit about, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. There's there's something different about sexual sin. Right. right. Uh, there there's there's lying. There's yeah. uh, stealing. There's mm -hmm. using bad language. There's something mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. about sexual sin. Right. What, what do you think makes it different? I think it's a variety of things. Uh, one, as you said earlier, there's a powerful drive within us, a biological drive. And it'd be hard to say that we have this strong biological drive to steal or a strong biological drive to use profanity or to lie. But certainly there is that strong biological drive and that urge. And uh, it is an emotional thing, or at least it's intended to be as such. And so when you engage in that activity, it's not something you can kind of engage in and walk away. There's some emotional uh, fallout from that. Uh, people tend to get a little connected. They have some kind of right. a bond. And then when that bond turns out to be nothing, it leaves uh, an emotional uh, wake, if you will. People are crushed. Uh, people have some feelings. And, of course, we also know that biologically that is the mechanism whereby life comes in. And so uh, there can be pregnancies and things of that nature, and that can lead to a lot of things. People who are not prepared to be parents and not in the, the, the family structure bringing ch ch children in. So it's just – and then the other thing I would say, too, it just appealed to in so many different ways in our media and our society, in our books, in our movies, in our uh, advertisements, our music. There's just it's really glorified, and, and and sex, divorced from its proper context, is thrown at us in so many different ways that you're just inundated with, and it's very very difficult to resist that. And again, it's very rare that any other sin is done that way. You don't really see lying, although there's a lot of lying going on. It's not glorified in that way. Uh, using profanity is not glorified that way. Stealing is not glorified that way, but sex. And it's also something that's portrayed as extremely pleasurable, and people want to do it, and people desire it. So I, I think it's, it's a very unique sin. Uh, people identify themselves by it sometimes. We have some people 
uh, we'll talk about this in a later class, that uh, you, you have a perverted view of sex and, and use sex between men, men and men, and women and women, and they will identify themselves with that. Mm -hmm. That's how they identify themselves. Not many liars say, I identify myself with this. People who still don't identify themselves necessarily as thieves. So there are all sorts of reasons why I think this particular sin is powerful, is different, leaves a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, debris in the way when it's not done the correct way. Right. It's just a powerful thing, and right. it's probably one of Satan's most effective tools. If you just look through history, you don't have to be a person just wed to the Bible. Just look in history. How many great men have been failed by this particular subject? Right. It's unique. Right. You know, uh, the Bible describes this as uh, producing one flesh. Right. You know, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, they shall become one flesh. In right. 1 Corinthians 6, yeah. Paul talks about a, a Christian who joins himself, who has sex with a harlot, mm -hmm. becomes one flesh with her. Right. A person who lies doesn't become one flesh with the person right. that he lies right. to. Right. Or if I steal from you, I don't become one flesh with you. Yes. There's something different about this sin. That's good. There's something like you said, there's intimacy. There's mm -hmm. there's an emotional connection, mm -hmm. a oneness That's right. that results from this this activity. Now the world would like for us to think, well, you can you can you know be sexually active. It's just casual. It's right. recreational. Right. Uh, there you know there uh, uh, there are no strings attached. But it's just not true. That's exactly right. It's, it's yeah. just not true. Yeah. yeah. And people who. Um, who, who try to achieve that and they neglect the, the emotional tie uh -huh. and the importance of it, the intimacy of it, and just they're really looked at as, as suspect. You know, right. they're, they're doing something wrong. And so even the world, yeah, even, even though they right. would say at one point. time, yeah. on the one hand, well, you can do this casually, recreationally. Right. On the other hand, yeah. if you do, yeah. you've really violated right. uh, a chief component of... Right of the sexual act. That's and so uh, there, there's an emotional bond mm -hmm. and tie. This is the place where our most private and personal uh, sensitivities yes. are. Yeah. We open up and we lay those things there right. and we make ourselves vulnerable to the other. And, mm -hmm. and so there's this, this emotional mm -hmm. connection in this that's not present in, in other, in other sins. Yeah. And so, point. you know, first Corinthians chapter six talks about, this idea, every other sin that may, a man commits is outside the body, right. but the fornicator, the immoral man, sexually immoral man, sins against his own body. That's and right. so Paul is, is saying there, there's something different that about is, uh, about this. Yeah, great point. Having said all that, our time's getting away from us. What, what, how can you, what would you say to someone who's struggling with this, mm -hmm. who's who's maybe tempted in this area? Can you Can we give him some practical... Uh, advice right. on how to avoid it. I think so. One of the things I would tell him, you know, all of these things, as Jesus said in Matthew 15, starts with uh, the heart and the mind. And so I'd suggest Philippians 4, just, you know, control your mind. Be careful what you're thinking about. Uh, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So the, go the gospel is telling us, think on pure things, think on good things, think on righteous things. Let me contrast that. I, I remember when I was in college, uh, unfortunately, I was thinking about this subject far more than I needed to. And I don't know what struck me. Just one day I said, you know, let me look at my music. 
And I started looking at the music I was listening to. And I was like, you know, and it didn't have profanity, but song after song dealt with this very subject. And I said, okay, wait a minute. I'm always listening to this in the car, mm -hmm. in the dorm room, every time I'm around. Is there any wonder that if these songs are highlighting this act, and I'm thinking about it all the time, the connection's there. And so right. be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch, the movies you watch. Right. Be careful the videos. You know, we see a lot of videos with women. They're scantily clad and provocatively dressed. And that's not good if you're trying to be holy and pure. So we have to be very vigilant about our entertainment. Be careful what you're exposed to. Keep your mind pure. Keep it in a spiritual frame of mind. I would suggest, uh, you know, associate with like-minded, godly people. Yes. You know, if you're dating someone who's pressuring yes. you, to, you know, to, to do this, to engage in this, right? Maybe, maybe you need to get a different boyfriend or a different girlfriend. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you want to associate somebody that's going to reinforce what you believe and reinforce right. your values, which we hope are godly values. Right. They're, they're going to share those values, and, mm -hmm. and uh, they're going to live their lives according to those values as well. And Absolutely. so find people that are like-minded, godly people pursuing sanctification. And is that a guarantee this won't happen? Well, I don't know no, that I can right. give you a guarantee, but it sure will make it a lot less likely. Absolutely. In the book of Proverbs, you have that statement that iron sharpens iron, mm -hmm. one man mm -hmm. sharpens another, and mm -hmm. so... You know, two people who are like-minded, committed to the same things, committed to living godly lives, are you know that that's 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 a pretty strong, that's pretty strong, or brings about pretty strong resistance to Absolutely. to this sin. I would say something else too. Be careful not to put yourself in harm's way. And what I mean by that, you know, you have this powerful attraction. You've been dating a young lady for a period of time. You probably don't want to be in a home with no adults around by yourself late at night. You probably don't want to park you know, by yourself behind the, the Walmart where nobody can see you and just have a casual conversation because we know what those things tend to lead to, right? So don't give, uh, make provision for the uh, flesh. I think it's Romans 13, 14 talks about right. that. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good principle, uh, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So you have to be smart about this. Understand the power of what you're dealing with. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Don't put yourself in bad situations where you're likely to have the lust overwhelm right. your sense of restraint. And with that, I would say too, if you're dating somebody, uh, have some boundaries, have some agreed upon boundaries. We won't go beyond a certain uh, point. I remember a couple, and I'm not saying the boundary has to be this, but to their credit, they said they wouldn't go beyond handholding. They would never go beyond that. Now just, again, you can say what you will about whether there's a little more room to go further, but you gotta admire the fact that they say, you know, this is a dangerous thing we're dealing with. We care for each other. We're gonna set some boundaries and we're gonna adhere to that to make sure we don't get in that category of fornication. Right. I would suggest one other thing, and I, I know our time is, is gone, but think about the consequences of your uh, yes, actions. Yes. Think about what what might happen, what could right, happen. Right. So think about the consequences of your actions. Now consequences can be good or bad. Right. You have good consequences. Sure. If you make good choices, the consequences can be good. Right. If you do what's right, sometimes you'll suffer some some consequences. True. I think about yeah. Joseph, you know, in, right. in, in connection with this. Absolutely. Joseph refused the advances of Potiphar's wife. Well, she lied about him and yeah. he got yeah. thrown in prison. Absolutely did. Yeah. He did what was right and he suffered some, some bad consequences. But I also noted in that passage I was looking at it earlier today, I believe it's uh, Genesis 39 and uh, verse 21. Joseph is in prison, but the Lord is with him. Exactly. But the there Lord is with him. Yeah. And so that's a consequence of making good choices. Right. 
others may reject you. Mm-hmm. When you stand up to your boyfriend and say no, right. he might, he might, you know, take up with with somebody else yeah. and, and break break you break loose with you, right. and go with somebody. Okay, well that's right. that's hard. Yeah. But the Lord is with you. That's so right. just remember that that the Lord is with you. Amen. And. The Lord blesses Joseph, mm-hmm. and it comes about eventually, yeah, not absolutely. right away. And exactly. so, no doubt, if we do what's right, the Lord is going to bless us. Right. There's some severe consequences for doing wrong. The way right. of a transgressor is hard. hard yeah. Proverbs 13, verse 15 mm-hmm. says, there's unplanned pregnancy, which mm-hmm. would have a tremendous impact on a, a person's life, Absolutely. usually on the girl's life. That's right. More that's than right. the boy's life. That's, that's right. That, is, that, is that fair? Is that, that is right? Fair. Probably not, but mm-hmm. that's... Usually the way it's it way happens. happens. Right. Yeah. And in this case, there's disappointment in oneself. You know, uh, here's a Christian girl. She's been taught right from wrong. Mm-hmm. She gives in. She has to live with that disappointment yeah. in herself. That's right. Uh, or, and the, the guy, you know, the guy should, should feel the same way. Right. Guilt and shame. You're involving someone else in sin. Exactly. So it's not yes. just me. Just you, right that's involved in this. I've involved someone else in sin. Absolutely. The loss of reputation. Yes. The effect on others. And so if if I am guilty of this sin and it becomes known, how right. does that affect my family? Right. How right. does that affect my parents? How does right. that affect my children? How does that affect others in, in my circle? Right. And so our actions affect other people. We'd like do. to think, hey, it's my business. You know, it doesn't <laughs> affect anybody. It's, it's just not, not, true. True. It's not true. Your decisions, your actions affect other people. And so think about the consequences mm-hmm. of, of your actions. Amen. And I'd say, too, it's, you know, think about this, too. There's a sense of accountability as an individual. Uh, we're accountable to God. First John 2.28 talks about the idea of being found by him when he comes back in a state where we're not ashamed. And so this activity you're in, I do this with a lot of sins. Would I be comfortable being in this position if the Lord came back right now? Right. And that's a big deterrent. And of course, oh, yeah. you add to it the fact Hebrews 4.13, the eyes of the Lord on everything. He sees everything. There's nothing hidden from his sight. So we're not only, uh, you can hide it from the preacher. You can hide it from your parents. You can hide it from your brothers and sisters. You cannot hide it from God. That's right. That's right. Well, let me just end with this, Kevin, just how, how we began. Let's say there's somebody out there and they're watching us today and they're listening and they they say, you know what, I've, I've succumbed, I've yielded to this temptation. Right. Uh, oh, you know, woe is me, I'm, I'm worthless. You can be forgiven. You this can. is not an unforgivable yeah. sin. That's and right. so we don't want to convey don't, the, don't. the idea that right. it is. Right. You can, people, people can be forgiven. That's God right. will forgive. Right. Now, you know, we need to repent of that and we need to put it behind us. That's right. But you can be restored you can. You can. Uh, by the grace of God. That's and so right. don't, Amen. don't. Yeah, just don't lose, uh, don't despair. That's right. Turn to turn to God, ask Him to forgive. And, of course, He's gracious and merciful, and, Amen. and He will. And That's so right. uh, don't be overcome with sorrow about, about yeah. this. Very good point. Anything in closing, Kevin? I, I just think it, it's a difficult thing that we deal with in this society we live in, and uh, but we can be holy. We can pursue holiness in this area as in any other area. And I like some of the, the things you talked about, about the friends, you know, evil companionship, corrupts good morals, uh, keep protecting our minds, making sure we don't put ourselves in bad situations, think about the consequences of our actions, be accountable to our God, and live with that sense of accountability. You know, God has given us so many different tools to do what he wants us to do. And so at the end, we want to give the message, we can be pleasing in the eyes of God. We've got so many things at our disposal that God has given to us, and we want to encourage people to do that. 
And even if you find yourself having fallen short, repent of that and then be what the Lord wants you to be. We can all do that. And here's the thing. It's in our best interest for our good always. It's not God being arbitrary. This is the best life. That's right. We appreciate people watching and listening today. We'll close as we usually do with a word of prayer. Kevin, would you like to lead us? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we've had to discuss uh, aspects of your word, the teachings from your word on this subject of sexual immorality. We're so very thankful that you have seen fit to reveal to us uh, how we are to handle this. Sex itself is a gift from you if it is engaged in within the confines of a proper marriage. Marriage is honorable among all, and so we understand that. But we also understand that if we engage in this activity outside of that, then we bring down your condemnation and your wrath. And so we hope that everybody who has been attentive to this podcast is very mindful of your word, respects you, respects your limits, your parameters. You have every right to tell us how to live. Uh, You're telling us to be holy and pursue holiness, and this is a part of that, along with other things as well. Please help us to be committed, redouble our efforts to to live according to thy will and be pleasing in this area. Please help us to have wisdom as we go about our lives, whether we be a single person or a married person, uh, to avoid the temptations of the devil in this area, to understand our weaknesses, understand our flaws, understand the traps of the devil. We're not ignorant of his devices and stay away from those things and be strong in your power and your word. Let us be spiritually minded, protect our minds, be careful about what entertainment we engage in, what movies we watch, what books we read, what music we listen to, magazines we look at, what social media sites we visit. Uh, all of these things can, if done to wrongly, can uh, pollute our minds and make our resistance uh, weak in terms of the temptations of the devil. On the other hand, there are things uh, that are noble and things that are pure and things that are holy, as our beloved brother Apostle Paul encouraged us in Philippians 4, that we can think upon and dwell upon. And those things build up the spirit. They build up the spiritual man. Please help us spend more time with your word, build up our faith in order to escape the fiery darts of the wicked one. So there are things we can do to make ourselves better able to resist the temptations of the devil in all aspects of life, but especially in this one. We've talked about how this is a very unique sin, a very unique uh, issue whenever we uh, sin with the body in this in this way. And so let our young people abstain from that. Uh, let our older people maintain uh, their commitments if they're married, if they're not married, uh, to remain chaste and, and to follow your teaching on this. We're very, very thankful that you've given us directions on how we are to live our lives, and we would ask that we would have the courage, we would have the desire, we would have the determination to be faithful in your eyes. We're not trying to earn our way into heaven, but we are trying to please you with every ounce and every fiber of our being. And we know we can do so with all the tools that you've given to us to be successful. We ask you to continue to be with us and bless us in our walk with you. May we grow ever closer to you every day, becoming more and more like your son, Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.